Hello and welcome to our 20th episode of our podcast, Sailing Tropical Dawn. Today is the 22nd of June 2023. And we are still in St. Helena yeah. Island, which is getting a bit repetitive saying that every week, but <laughs> I think it's... Yeah. I want to say it because otherwise we might... We want to make it a habit so that, like, when, well, first of all, people listening back maybe to older episodes or... Also, yeah, I guess it's context. Yeah, I think it's also, it's exactly two months now since we've been here. Yeah. And Is it exactly two months? Well, the 19th, sorry. The 19th okay. would have been, yeah, okay, since it's the same week. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's quite nice to, like, although it may seem repetitive for us who keep saying that we're still in St. Helena and maybe uh, it might be contrary to the ideas that people have about sailing, and definitely contrary to the way other people sail. Um, well, the people we've seen come, yeah. come and go here. Yeah. Um, we have really enjoyed staying here for so long because it is such a lovely... Like, the people are so wonderfully warm and friendly. Yeah. And we really feel like we have integrated, like, a little bit yeah. into the community here. Like, we know people, we know what they're up to, we know yeah. things that are happening in their lives, and it's... And we're still meeting new people. Yeah, and we're still meeting new people, so it's... I mean, I think of, it's, of people who live on the islands. So yeah. And, it's, it's and I think that's maybe, like, one of the... Uh, one of the things that I like about traveling is the cultural aspect, the, the people aspect. Getting to know people, yeah, and even, getting to know places. Yeah, even though I don't always feel super social. No, Jimmy seems okay. to be the social butterfly. Not, uh, we're different. Because yeah. you're usually the one who strikes up conversations with people. But you're also the one who... Uh, more often than me, wants to just stay on the boat and not, yeah, not that's leave what the I boat. Mean, yeah. Today, for instance, I went <laughs> to shore just to do some, check some emails and quickly go to the shop. Um, and you just stayed on the boat. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like um, there's a monotony in going to shore, but obviously there's a monotony also in staying on, on the boat. <laughs> but somehow staying in my own space uh, is. I don't know. I guess I mm. just feel happier, happier. Mm. Nice to go to shore too, but like it, it just feels like, oh, what are the we gonna do? We're gonna go do the same thing again. Which basically so, is going to figure out how to sort out our money. Oh yeah. <laughs> or go to the shops. Yeah, well, go yeah. to well either go online, which half the time is trying to sort out our money, or or well check out emails, but like. Yeah, uh, on, and the other, ta- other thing is, yeah, going to the shops. Um, the other part of money is also loading money onto our, onto the St. Helena Pay, like the tourist cards mm-hmm. app. Actually, I, I need to write a blog post about that, because it's actually pretty cool, and it's very cool for mm-hmm. yachties, but it's a new thing, so I think most people don't know about it yet. I'll actually might even write about it on Noonsight, because I think it's, yeah. it's thought very worthwhile, um, Info for yardies. And I think it might also be a good idea to just share that with like the, the groups from Cape Town. Um, yeah, actually. Because actually, we yeah. never knew about it before yeah. we came. And I'll, it might be I'll put it on the, um, the Royal, Cape. Royal Cape Cruises group. Yeah. Like, if you're leaving Cape Town for either Caribbean or the Mediterranean or, or for circumnavigation, you almost always, I mean, be a bit crazy not to stop here because you're going to sail past here anyway. Yeah. So we, I think the team, not that we're sticking much to teams, but um, 
we were going to talk about money and then we realized we don't, we're feeling a bit not so sure about talking about money. Uh, so we wanted to just make this episode of the things we don't talk about. And then talk about them or not talk about them. Okay. Plus some other stuff as well. As always. <laughs> that we will talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we, we were going to touch a bit about, about money. Yeah. Um, we do seem to be spending more than... Well, I guess we're, we're uh, very conscious of how much money we're spending because we don't have like that immediate access to our money here because they don't have ATMs and you can't just swipe your card. Yeah. Um, so we're very conscious like every time of, of transferring uh, Bitcoin, that means, yeah, is it okay if I say that? Well, I've you said, said it, it now. Sorry. <laughs> well, basically, all our savings are, are in Bitcoin. Bitcoin, which is why yeah. money is, yeah, it fluctuates because with the Bitcoin price, <laughs> it's like, unpredictable, yeah. The one day we feel like, oh yeah, well, it's it's pretty. I mean, when we left, when we decided to go selling, Bitcoin price was much higher than now, and we thought, well, money is not an immediate issue because mm. we've got enough savings. Since then, Bitcoin price has gone down quite a bit, so now mm. it's become a we've become much more conscious of it. But on the other hand, it's not like we we will have to stop. Anytime soon. I mean, we're not. We'll run out of money anytime soon. On the other hand, we will need to find. We don't want to be in a situation income. where we have to worry excessively about money, or, or where we just yeah. have to stop sailing because we can't afford, afford it, it anymore. So the thing is, what I was saying is the reason why it's. I think in more we're more conscious of how much we're spending apart from the price of Bitcoin, is because every time we we need to access our money, we have to first of all sell some Bitcoin. And then we have to wait for that to clear, unless we do yeah, yeah. an immediate clear, yeah. clearing. But, yeah, yeah. Then we have to uh, transfer that money into the St. Helena Tourist. Well, first that's, we have to sell oh. a Bitcoin, then we have to transfer it to our bank oh, account. Yes. Oh, and yeah. then from the bank account, we, we can yeah. buy, put money on the St. Helena Pay yeah. app. Yep. So there's like a whole process, and since the internet here is not very good and very expensive you end up being very frustrated that things don't work exactly so uh, that is the process for accessing our money and we yeah. we do that more quite regularly like we're always surprised that we've spent our, our, our yeah. money and not that we're loading a hell of a lot of it on there at a time but I mean things on the island are definitely more expensive than they were at home for example like a coffee which costs, costs about two pounds which is about 40 rand and it's not even a good coffee. I'll just want to, say, I just want to say that. Someone, we haven't told them, but someone su- should suggest that they do a barista course. For instance, in Cape Town, there's a lot of very good baristas and you can do courses to teach people how to actually make a good coffee. Yes, and a, a mocha, I'm sorry to say to the saints, is not a coffee with chocolate sprinkles on top. Which is just the one <laughs> coffee place which is called the coffee shop. Well, it's because there is only one coffee shop that yeah. that things are... Yeah. In such dire. Yeah. And <laughs> they, they, but they, they sell the uh, the cool thing is the coffee they sell there that's the beans grown and roasted on the island itself, which is pretty cool. But on the other hand, it's pretty expensive. And I mean, we're not coffee connoisseurs, so no, we can't say if it's really not. good coffee or not. It's it's very exclusive in that there's like very limited yeah. amount of beans grown on the island, and it's like it's I guess that's uh, gives it like a bit of its like. Special. It thing. is special. But yeah, it ends but, up being quite expensive. 
Yeah, I think coming from Cape Town, we actually, like, I realise it now, which is actually, it's nice to have these realisations, how spoiled we are yeah. in South Africa with, yeah. like, certain things. Um, Especially in Cape Town, yeah. where you got, like, every, I mean, there's so many coffee shops with, like, really good coffee, even, like, yeah. when, where we were living in, in Simonstown, mm. which is, like, not near the, the city centre, city centre yeah. where, like, all the hip coffee bars are, even there, a little local mall has their own coffee roastery, which makes, like, uh, their own, like, coffee, I mean, I yeah. About yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. coffee is a big thing. I've actually yeah. really learned to appreciate coffee only when I came to Cape Town. Before that, I actually didn't really, mm. well, I did drink coffee, but I didn't really appreciate, like, the art of good coffee, like, uh, a good flat white, which is, like, the kind of go-to in Cape Town. Yeah. Anyway. So, I feel like, sorry, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm being very whiny. That's why we're going to call this the things we don't want to talk about, because normally we don't talk about it because it just makes us feel, Bad. sound very blasé, or yeah. like that we... Or just spoiled. Spoiled, which I guess we but are. But we, we, we were, I mean, we are, I mean, yeah. coming from... We, we, now, but we that. didn't know that before, yeah. but now we do. Um, yeah, so... Um, well, oh. money, do we well, want to talk a bit more about money? Okay, what do you want to say about that? Well, we... we we thought about oh, yeah. actually having a look at what our budget is. Yeah. And again, that sounds very blasé that we don't even know how much money we're spending. Yes. But yeah. um, I think well, before we went sailing, I looked up like what what usually people, like what their budget is. And it usually is like $1,000 is on the lower end. Maybe most people say around $2,000 a, uh, a month. Yeah. We are probably in that ballpark, but we were hoping to... Do it cheaper because we are actually in a small boat and we could probably do it cheaper if we were, yeah, being like being a bit more careful of our money. On the other hand, I think the thing is also like, I mean, it's the same here as maybe in. I mean, we had the same thing in when we were still living in Cape Town. Sometimes we don't feel like cooking or we just mm. like and we just end up going somewhere to eat something which is always ov obviously going to cost more mm. and it's the same here we just end up going out to eat instead of just but it's also i mean just eating cooking something on the boat but it's also i mean on the other hand i feel like it's like i don't want to like feel like i'm limit like overly conscious of money because then it in to the to the point where it like we're not doing certain things because because of money things that like just are like part of enjoying being here yeah so like just going to Anne's place when we go for inter internet and having something to eat there or going to the coffee shop and actually having a coffee mm. even though we're complaining about it <laughs> it's like yeah i mean it is also kind of what you do here, what, mm. what also what the locals do, what like I mean, obviously it's not like we couldn't enjoy the island without doing that. But I guess that's the other part of it. It's just like, I guess it's it's to me it's about finding that middle ground between like spending excessive amounts of money where we we could be mm. saving, to but also not being so um, what's the word stingy yeah. <laughs> that we actually end up like really not enjoying going some, I mean, yeah. being here, or just feeling, I mean, I, I think also since we've been here, and we've seen other boats pass, a lot of boats are like, really expensive, brand new 
catamarans and we know I mean I've got a ballpark idea of how expensive these boats are so we know people on those kinds of boats their ideas of budgets are also completely different mm. and then we've met a few people who are on boats like one uh, was on like a, literally a boat that cost one dollar like a boat mm. that they completely rebuilt and outfitted and like some people are doing it on like basically when you see shoestring budget like basically no money at all so well, it is possible to do it actually speaking about that same boat um they the one that was uh he bought his boat for one dollar and fixed it up they are like uh selling cruise space on their boat basically they're they're not doing charter but they're basically yeah like people can join them on on their boat and apparently he's been sailing for a long time he's i mean i could tell from when mm. you talk to him he's a very experienced sailor so people um i mean there might be the french equivalent to um delos or la vagabond i don't think i mean i don't think they're that famous but apparently france like they're they're quite well known um we're talking about uh Caracas. Yeah. Uh, so people are happy to, instead of just screwing for free, not getting any money, but not having to pay money, to pay a certain amount per day just to sail with them, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, somebody called it uh, like backpacking, ocean backpacking. Yeah. yeah. But most ocean backpackers that I think of are people who just screw for free on someone else's boat so you're basically doing each other a favor mm. people who, who own whose boat you are you're doing them a favor by being crew for them yeah. and they're doing you a favor in getting and you, you get experience to, and, you get to 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 yeah, and getting you to another part of the world where otherwise you would have to fly or pay to get there yeah. so that's one way of earning money i mean first of all our boat is too small <laughs> there's no way we could fit anyone else well we could fit other people in here but it would be horrible for us and for them um, and I, I feel also like I feel I'm not experienced enough to like feel like I can offer something to other people that they would that I would feel good about. Yeah, none of this point. Asking people time. to pay for, but it's like some things we've been talking about. Like, yeah. well, who knows? Maybe in the future, if we ever think of getting a bigger boat, and like, what what could be like, what would be cool things we could do that we would feel good about mm -hmm. making some money. I think we did mention before that we signed up for a um, ghostwriting job. We just haven't been able to take on any um, job yet since the internet here is really bad. And I'm, I, struggle, I can't even log into the website to, to um, sign up for an assignment. But that's one of the things we would do. It wouldn't cover our cost completely, um, but it would... Would definitely help out. I think what I, yeah, I think what I kind of, sorry to interrupt you. No, no go ahead. <laughs> what I, in, what I do I like about slightly living in this way, and we're very new to it, so still figuring things out, is like that you can exercise a certain amount of creativity in how you make money yeah. and how you save money. Like, mm. so I think uh, we we probably have to have like a, a couple of things going on mm. in order to make the amount of money that we would want and we're not looking to become like no. make money off of this actually we're just looking to cover our costs yeah um, well i guess it's making it financially sustainable yeah, so exactly. we don't have to dip into savings uh, at any all. further at, at yeah. some point yeah um i mean the 
on that same note, like the idea of this podcast was to share our experiences in mm. the first place with friends and family, but we're hoping also to reach other people. But one of the ways we're looking at possibly... <laughs> I'm getting an eye roll from Kay. <laughs> Not an eye roll, an eyeball. Eyeball, oh yeah. <laughs> evil eyes. Yes. Not yet evil eyes, but... Um, okay, I'll, I'll give some context. We've talked about talking about this before the show, and Kay kind of suggested we wouldn't talk about this, but I feel... So one of the th- ways to make money of a podcast would be to put advertisements in, which I personally hate, but... Um, there's there's ways to kind of incorporate them in our show, which we might look into. The other way is, um, well, I guess crowdfunding, like no, most people use Patreon. I think most people know Patreon. Uh, we're looking into uh, another website, which is called Ko-Fi, or Ko-Fi, or I don't know. It's K-O-F-I. So I don't know uh, how you would pronounce it, but like anyway where people can like, give us a tip or like become like members of our club or whatever but we haven't actually pursued in like making that that happen but I mean I'm just I just wanted to mention it as it is like one of the ways we've been thinking about possibly um, yeah making a little bit of money I mean I think we're looking like I said like a lot of ways which will make us a little bit of money and all together, they can hopefully add up to enough money to to cover our costs. Mm-hmm. So part of that is also keeping our costs down. Um, yeah. Um, you want to talk about another way of earning some money with your blankets? Yeah, I actually had that was next on the list. Okay. Um, well, it wasn't really like, I don't think we really planned mm. for this to be like an income source, but... I made a, another uh, beautiful crochet blanket and I, I just thought I'd inquire at the art shop if they were interested in yeah. selling it and they were and they were happy with the price that I was asking for mm. um, but I'm actually curious how much they are selling it for to see what they, the perceived value would be oh well so what the markup is uh... yeah so should I say hmm? the size of the blanket and yeah. so the blankets uh, it's it's a to cover a single bed, but it's like it's amp, an ample coverage of the of a single bed. Mm. It's not just going to cover the top. Um, and I was asking for 150 pounds, which is about British three thousand yeah. rand. Yeah. Um, and they were happy with that, so we'll see. They did say someone was interested in it, um, and maybe that sells. But uh, I can actually make a blanket quite fast if I'm like into it. Um, so that's a possibility. But I think like any kind of arts and crafts, like I was talking to the lady on another boat, uh, Shinomir, and she started playing with um, epoxy jewelry. So she would make like little, like quirky items from epoxy, such as like a turtle or I don't even know what other items were. Yeah, we basically make little necklaces in different colors. Like yes. Um, but the thing is that she would, she because she made them in specific places, there was like a little story behind mm. it. And what happened was she was... I can't remember where, somewhere in Fiji, I think. And a cruise, some crew from a cruise boat came up. And she had just been making this stuff, like, endlessly. Mm. And she had a whole box full. And they bought the whole lot for $500. So that was money she was not even expecting Mm. to make. She made these things as gifts, not even to sell. And then all of a sudden, somebody came out and bought them. So 
Yeah, well, it's a bit like yeah. with your crochet. You just yeah. started making them to because I enjoy it. Enjoy it yeah. and to give some to family and yes, friends exactly. yeah. or for ourselves. Yeah. And now it's like, well, actually, maybe maybe someone isn't interested in yeah. buying them. So it's like another another thing we're looking into. It's um, quite nice because, like, we were talking. Sorry. Yeah. We were talking about like. Even amongst, there's like a lot of opportunity uh, amongst other yachties, like mm. wherever you are, if you offer something that's not available or on shore or something yeah. that people really like, then, yeah. then you, there's an opportunity there. For example, like silly things, like one of the boats we went to Arabella, the lady said that she used to always make a lot of fudge and then she realized that she shouldn't be giving people so much sugar. And I remember at the time thinking like, I would pay for like some yeah. decent fudge. So like, she, she was actually yeah. thinking of making fudge and then selling it, but then she felt bad about it. Um, but I mean, there's a little things that you can do. Yeah, we were yeah. even talking. Well, when we get to an anchorage where it's more busy, I mean, here it was kind of busy for a while, but there was eight boats. Like if you get to the Caribbean, mm-hmm. there can be hundreds of boats. Like uh, like once a week, like for instance, like Saturday morning or whatever. Like one day a week in the morning, making pancakes and yeah. just saying like one dollar per pancake or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And just get people to come by in their dinghies and you just sell, sell some pancakes mm-hmm. or, or make, if we get like nice coffee from, I mean, mm-hmm. where like there's nice coffee beans, I know in like, especially in cent, uh, Central America and South America, there's like, the local coffees are often very good. If you just buy one place coffee and then make nice coffee and like, yeah, just sell coffees also for like a dollar or something, I mean... Like little things that like are fun mm. to do, and you just do it once a week, and then, yeah, it doesn't become like a job. Yeah. Because I think that's the other thing. While I'm saying like mm. the the ghostwriting, if we wanted to make that enough money from just that, we would basically have to be like writing full time, yeah. full time, and yeah. that's one like of the we things want. we wanted no. to get away from. Because people ask, mm. like a lot of people, it makes sense to try to do what you were doing before. Like I was in IT programming like webs- making websites um in theory if we have internet i could do a job like that problem is any job i've been doing you have to do f- like nine to five you have to work five mm-hmm. days a week and like what's i mean i it's... i'd still be doing everything a nine to five job only i'd be on a boat in the caribbean instead of at home in cape town but it wouldn't really i mean yeah it doesn't it's really not... no it, yeah. it doesn't feel to me i mean it it at some point it might make sense to do it just because it would be i guess for me a relatively easy way to make money because i know how to do it and i know i can make quite a bit of money i mean i guess one way that some people have known actually people in cape town used to do it like that they would uh spend half a year in cape town working and then half a year traveling or a year and a year like so they would do like equal times of just being in one place and actually having like just a full-time job and then an equal time just using that money to go travel so that could be a way to do it i just feel like for me it's it, i mean first of all internet is i mean it's very difficult here but i think in a lot of places it's going to be quite tricky and quite expensive and like yeah to do a, a, an office job even if you're working from home from about like I think I'd go crazy just mm. sitting behind my computer the whole day. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's that's a few things we've talked about. I mean, we've also had like this, uh, I think with uh, Trinity or our guests a few weeks ago on the 
uh, podcast because they worked in hospitality. Mm-hmm. They were saying like, yeah, opening like a, a beach bar or restaurant somewhere in uh, like in a, Caribbean, yeah. in the Caribbean or, or somewhere there. It's like we were talking about that. Like that could be cool. I mean, uh, it would also again be a lot of work, and it's like not something you can just easily do. But like, I mean, I guess it's nice to. St- at, at this point to think about what could be ways to do it mm-hmm. uh, I think it was also I forgot who was talking about it someone who bought like uh, a lot of like uh, swimwear like bikinis and stuff in oh, Brazil yeah. where they yeah. yeah and then just sells them in the Caribbean with like a little markup which is still cheaper than they would be in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and like you make a bit of money that way so there's like a lot of ways really I mean now that we're getting into that mindset of like actually because mm-hmm. like the classic way is like like the way Dalos and and mm-hmm. um Avagabond do it they have a youtube channel they bring out a, a, a video on youtube once a week they make they get like thousands of views which means they get advertising money and then they have like their patreon site where people pay extra for like some extra content and it's like that's cool for them, but like you end up spending so much time, I think, just creating content. Mm. Plus, like, uh, we wouldn't, I mean, like, there's already people doing that, and I don't think we, <laughs> our life is that much more interesting that we'd get like millions of viewers. Plus, it's like, I think it was, um, um, in, uh, in Hard Bay, uh, friends who were saying, like, you basically to do that, you kind of, have to have a lot of shots in bikinis and oh yeah they were like well we don't feel like about prostituting our daughter like that i don't think they use that word but like um oh sorry that's the vhf anyway basically Kay would have to or i would have to but i think it'd be more we'd get more viewers if Kay was wearing skimpy bikinis and i don't feel like that's the right way to make money no, well, not for us anyway. Plus, we're actually we're like way too lazy to make videos. <laughs> and disorganized. And, and too disorganized. That's yeah. why we make a podcast, which is very disorganized, but at least we can just let's record, talk for an hour, and then that's it. And then we upload it the next day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be cool to make some YouTube videos, but we're just like, we're, we're not just not, not there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next thing we want to talk about was Coco's frustrations. Being yeah, stuck which on are the boat. also our frustrations, but we, I guess it's because we feel her frustration. We've been here for two months now, and we were before that two weeks on the boat. So it's been, it's been almost three months since she's been on land. Yeah. Uh, and she's just—I mean, she just every time we now the last few days, every time we get ready to go off the boat, she gets very antsy and she starts to bark, and she want, just wants to come, come with, with us. Yeah. The other day, we Kate thought it might be good to have her just be outside on the deck while we were on land because it was nice weather and we weren't going to be long but then basically she was trying to climb through the nets that surround the boat to stop her from falling off and she got stuck and she got stuck with her by pushing her nose through and she's been she's gotten stuck before so we just Mm. realized this is not gonna work she's gonna hurt herself so it's a bit it's frustrating for her which also makes frustrating for us but well, we, we feel bad about it yeah. yeah so we yeah we're hoping that she'll forget all about it once we get to land and hopefully yeah. in brazil we won't have any issues with that yeah yeah 
Because we did, we did get all the pa paperwork in order for her. Well, all the paperwork we could do before in Cape Town to when we left South Africa to for her to be in order in Brazil. So we're hoping that it's actually gonna work out. Yeah. Yeah, traveling, sailing with a dog. We've read a little bit about it, and we've heard from other people it isn't easy. It's actually much easy, much harder for a dog to get into different countries than it is for people. <laughs> like there's often like either no clear rules, or it's just not possible, or or the rules are very difficult to follow. So yeah. yeah. Um, but we knew that. We knew in St. Helena that it's just not allowed, that she wasn't allowed off, off the boat. And it's like, yeah, we made the decision to stay here longer. And now she has to suffer for it, unfortunately. Mm. Luckily, she's a very sweet dog, so we tried to just cuddle her and make her feel better. But it's not like she's... I mean, she's still a sweet dog. No, she's always going to be a sweet dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I guess that's why we feel bad about, yeah, yeah, that's why we feel bad about it. It's not, I mean, I just wanted to say she's not acting up in that, like, she's become difficult to handle. handle. Yeah. And then if you were listening to last week's podcast, you may have noticed, uh, <laughs> a, how would we call it? A, a brusque stop in the middle where we had a little tea break, but just before that break, there was some loud noises <laughs> which were which were me uh just i suppose venting uh, and trying to make uh, a cup of tea, tea, tea in the middle of the show which yeah. was like on our little gas cooker which was right next to our recording device which and made it very loud and Demi said like that was like the ultimate form of passive aggressivism that he's seen mm. for a long time or ever <laughs> no, it, I thought it was just funny. <laughs> no, I no, we, we had put, a good laugh about it. And we put it in the show yeah. description, uh, telling people to, if they could spot where um, I had a little freak out. Yeah. Um, so we just wanted to like mention it, that it's all okay. It was okay within 10 minutes after <laughs> that happened. And you can actually hear it in the show, because as yeah. soon as we start again, you like, <laughs> like sounds... Yeah, I must say, like I've noticed that... I get, I do get, I do suffer from ha being hangry, hmm. and like, same for me. <laughs> well, I get very hangry also, so yeah. I, yeah, I know it's like, when I need to eat, I need to eat. Which is, I guess, part of like what we were talking about, spending money eating yes. on shore, because oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, I haven't been able to find uh, vegan milk, and I, like, I'm lactose intolerant to the point where... I can drink milk, but it's, I'm going to suffer for it. And mm. um, basically, that's our go-to breakfast is, for me, most muesli. Yeah. So, end up just basically eating on shore most mornings. I guess it like, also leads to a, a different thing that we hadn't thought about talking about was that um, the, the unavailability of stuff mm. that we Take are spoiled enough too. to have at home. Like, they do have, like, uh, like a vegan milk here. It's soy milk, though, which is not... Well, but it, it hasn't been in... They haven't had it in the sh shop oh, yeah. lately. We, yeah, we found it when we arrived. Yeah, we bought true. a few cartons, but now they're finished. Yeah. It's just, like, little things like lemon... Like, we haven't been able to find a few things that we would easily be able to find at any shop at any time in South Africa, like mm. lemon juice or... 
I mean, the vegetables are one thing because we know that they don't grow a lot of stuff on the island, yeah. but just like normal... Well, things we think are... Things that we believe on are normal <laughs> to have. Yeah. They don't have it all. Like, they don't have any cream. Like, cooking... Like, normal cream. They have tinned cooking cream, but not fresh cream because they don't... No fresh milk as well because they don't uh, they don't have any dairy or they don't they don't have a dairy here. Yeah, they've got cows, yeah. but they don't apparently have yeah. the facilities to pasteurize the milk, and yeah. you, you're not allowed to sell unpasteurized milk. On the island, yeah. Which I think so, is, yeah. I mean, I think we may have spoken about it before, but now it's starting to feel for me like a little bit of frustration that I can't mm. get, like, after the ship, like, you know, when you, I thought that once the ship arrived, it would be, like, you'd have... shop would be full again. Yeah, yeah. you'd have the full availability of the stuff that you would normally have but it's not the case at all like some of the shelves in the shops are still empty yeah. after, after two weeks of the of the boat having come and gone so i mean i think again like it's it's a, it's a good highlight for us how like how spoiled we are in south africa yeah. because and it, yeah and i think i want to speak about that a little bit because like just this week we <laughs> we were sitting with some people who we really enjoy and they were um like, their perception of South Africa was not, like, such a good one. Mm. Um, and, of course, South Africa does have its problems, as do, as do all the places, basically, now in the world. There's an, I don't think there's any place besides, like, maybe Norway that's, yeah. that well, they don't have, like, yeah. issues, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just a good, uh, I don't know, like, realisation that yeah. life is good for, not for everyone in South Africa, but mm. at least... For us, it was, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard for us to talk about South Africa now since we've, we aren't there anymore, so it's like it's hard for us to say, like, is it getting worse or is it yeah. like, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, we feel like it's not such a bad place, actually, we, it's not a bad place at all. We, mm. we love it, I mean, yeah. we're still planning to go back there yeah. once, like, once we're done with our sailing adventures, um, yeah. But yeah, the other part is, like, we knew when we, I mean, when you look up St. Helena, they say, like, don't, rel- like, don't rely on having to provision here, make sure you've got enough food for yeah. the rest of your trip, which we, we kind of knew, but since mm. we've been here so long now, we do have to reprovision, which is also not the end of the world, we, mm. it's not like we're going to starve, it's no. just, like, certain things we would like to get, and also, yeah, we can't get, and also some things are in the shop one day and then like we think of like oh should we buy it and then we don't buy it that day and then two days later we want to come and it's like there was sweet the whole in one of the shops that we normally go see there was a whole like basket full of sweet potatoes that one day I didn't buy them that day the next day we were there they were completely gone which we we knew from actually the first week we were here people told us like go to town Thursday morning because yeah. that's when the fresh produce comes from the countryside. Yeah, but that was Tuesday. Yeah. And the and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Were gone by Wednesday. No, no, but um, yeah. I mean, people say when there yeah. are fresh is fresh produce, it's yeah. gonna be gone within a few hours. Yeah. So you have to you, you have to, to go before yeah. noon because it's gonna be sold out. Yeah. Which is kind of like we kind of knew that already. But I mean, one thing actually, the good news is our guest stove got fixed. Got actually, the, yeah. uh, the local workshop here actually did a really good job in brazing, soldering, welding or whatever they did, actually finding all the leaks and fixing them. Yeah. And now our guest stove works better than it ever did. Yeah. 
Uh, also, oven works again, so we thought yesterday <laughs> to celebrate with frozen pizza because we knew okay. in one place there was frozen pizza. We go to the place, the store, like the basically the biggest supermarket on the island, and there's no more frozen pizza. So we ended up going to all the shops, asking <laughs> everywhere if they've got frozen pizza, and everyone says like, no, they have in the star a star. It's like, yeah, no, they have, but we don't have anymore. So it's like just one of those things like you have to buy if you want something and you see it in the shop, buy it. The other problem is our fridge isn't working, um, and well, we we didn't have a freezer anyway, so we can't really keep frozen frozen food, and we can't even keep fresh stuff for for long. Yeah. So we're also quite limited in that, which is also it's part of the adventure, and it's yeah, like just needs uh, to be more creative, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it can be a bit frustrating that we, I mean, not frustrating, I mean, I guess it's just like one of those challenges, yeah. which is, I guess, why I wanted to call this episode the stuff we don't want to talk about, because it's like, yeah. Make, yeah, like we said, it makes us sound a little, like, plaisir or a little bit like, not, I think plaisir is the right word, but like, yeah, spoiled, that we're like complaining about these things while we're actually at, in this beautiful place and... Mm like living on a boat which is for a lot of people mm. is like a dream life and and just for us too mm. it's just like yeah these are the little frustrations that like yeah you know, the things that we notice are just yeah that's that's part of the <laughs> the choices we made in the life we're living hey yeah so yeah slow internet i think we've talked about that a lot but like it is one of the big frustrations here on the island so inexpensive uh, yeah. And we were, we were told um, by uh, some other yachts that um, apparently in Brazil where we're going also have issues with in access to internet. But, but at least there you have like free Wi-Fi when you go to a restaurant or to the yacht club in most places. They said it's a yacht club, yeah. Yeah, well probably some of the restaurants, I mean maybe not everywhere, but at yeah. least you can get free internet, which here... It's not free. It costs yeah. a lot of money and it is very slow. Yeah. It just adds to the frustration. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> also, it's part of the charm of the island. I yeah, think. it is. It is, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. And then on this, this weekend, we were a little bit adventurous because we decided to go uh, on a dinghy and suss out a place called Lemon Valley. Yeah. Um, and we were quite lucky because as we were pulling up to Lemon Valley, because we weren't sure if it was in fact Lemon Valley, um, Johnny, the ferry guy, uh, was on a boat tour. Um, on his, on his uh, boat that he takes people out, is, which is called the Enchanted Isle. Yeah. So he stopped by there and, and he told us to come over and he confirmed it was Lemon Valley and he told us where to go and where yeah. our dinghy and everything. So... Um, that was quite lucky. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. uh, they kind of figured it out, yeah. but it was ni good to get confirmation. confirmation. Also, it's always nice to see Johnny. Yeah, uh, sorry, I've got to check that these blankets are not going to blow away. Yeah. You want to carry on? Uh, yeah, plus, also, sorry for the noise in the background. It's like, on the boat, there's always noise, especially when there's a lot of wind. Yeah, so the other actually brings me to... We've been here now for two months, and we arrived when it was still like the end of summer, when it was like really hot, actually at some point almost too hot, because it was quite humid and like felt like it was close to 30 degrees. Now we're like, the last week it's been getting more windy, more rainy, more cold, um, and yeah, so there's still quite a bit of wind, but it's, it's, I mean, yesterday and today the sun came out again, so it's not, it's not too, um, 
too cold. It's just, yeah, quite windy. And we're, um, we just, well, or did a little boat clean today. Yeah, everything's smelling really nice. And yeah, fresh. we, we uh, put the, our blankets that we put on the settees on our couch uh, in the wash and our, our carpets. So everything's going to be nice and clean because we're having guests over tomorrow. Um, so yeah, okay, just needed to check that none of our uh, stuff that's drying on the side is blowing away. Do you want to speak a bit about Lemon Valley? About, yeah, yeah, Lemon about Valley. About trying to, first of all, move yeah. dinghy, get our dinghy not to hit yeah. the rocks. So Lemon Valley, well, first of all, it's called Lemon Valley because the Portuguese who were the first to well, discover and, and use the islands planted lemon trees there. It's a valley just like one or two va valleys down from... Jamestown, uh, where the, which is the main town and which is where we're uh, moored. So I think it's like maybe 20 minutes uh, ride on our dinghy. It's not very far, and it's like I mean you can actually almost uh, kind of see it from here where we are moored. Uh, it's just a, a valley you can actually walk to there. Also, there's like a, a hiking trail, yeah. but there's a little there's an old. Um, building which I think was uh, where the soldiers used to stay back in like 17th century or like well back mm -hmm. in the day. No, that house. it was the place where they put the African also slaves the, who were yeah, sick. Yeah, sick. So it yeah. also was a quarantine, mm. uh, used for quarantining uh, well the, the rescued slaves from the slave, slave ships that the British um, uh, stopped basically when when a slave trade was outlawed, um, but yeah, uh, like there's a, a little um, hut house house oh, and a deck and a little deck where deck you can where you can land like which which has like uh, sort of a, a mooring but it's it's actually like just a wooden deck on top of the rock so it, it's it's not a I mean, it didn't feel safe to just leave our dinghy there, even though it wasn't as exposed as most of the island, so the swell was a bit less, but we did have to, like, kind of maneuver with a backline, which I think took us about an hour yeah. to, get, to get our dinghy. Our dive course was kind of, helped, helped quite a bit, because I could dive yeah. and reach the, rock, the, the ground, um, which I wouldn't have been able to, well, I wouldn't have been comfortable yeah, to do before. Yeah. To put a backline and keep it safe. I mean, to keep the boat, like the dinghy, basically off the rocks. Of the rocks. So basically, you tie the front line, and, you, and then you want to tie the yeah. you want to tie the back line either with a uh, to something with a weight uh, to keep the boat from going forward or backwards. So just so to yeah. keep it in place. So that's how we yeah. land our dinghy. We've been taking our dinghy actually, apart from the first few days we were here, and then uh, for a week or two after I had my. Um, tomato soup accident we were like we actually have been using our dinghy most of the time to go to shore here in Jamestown where we've got a, a, a buoy we tie the back line on and that weights on the line to keep the dinghy from away from the shore as the swell pushes it in there the problem is at Lemon Valley that there's no buoy or nothing to actually tie the, the back line, line. On. so yeah. we, we've struggled a bit to make that work but we figured something out
Yeah, so uh, it was a first for us, and yeah. I think it's going to be definitely be good practice yeah. for future yeah. explorations. But there's like yeah. a little, well, not really a cave, but like kind of an overhang mm -hmm. where there's like two bry spots, so like barbecue spots, um, and you can see uh, underneath, like the, so the 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 cave or the rock, like kind of covers. Like so, uh, we've heard that, like uh, young people, like in in summer, they they often go, go there for out. the weekend, go yeah. camp out there. So it's a it's a cool it's a really cool spot. Mm. It's just a little bit away from everything, and it's like actually quite close to us. So we'll definitely go back there. Also, really beautiful for snorkeling. Mm. Um, apparently, there's one of the shipwrecks is somewhere close by there, but we haven't figured out exactly where it is or how to get there. But mm. yeah, it was a nice nice little adventure. Yeah, I think also especially for me because I quite gotten to the like frame of like we've seen everything we've done yeah. everything and like, like i'm yeah, over it he was saying like yeah. either you don't feel like going to town because we do the same thing every day but yeah. also just staying on the mm. boat every day is also getting a bit yeah i mean there's actually things we can do if we felt yes. adventurous enough yeah. there's a lot of hikes we can do mm. well not not just adventures if you feel fit, fit, fit enough there's a lot of places we haven't snorkeled to yet mm. Uh, so there's like actually a lot of things we can do, but I guess we're just getting a little bit like falling into like a bit of a like yeah doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Which is a rat. Yeah. Okay, good. Maybe um, you want to talk about our dinghy, the backline getting caught because that's yeah. kind of it's similar to what we're talking about Lemon Valley and yeah, that's what's next. So. Uh, so we normally, like Demi was saying earlier on, we, we uh, there is a buoy where we normally uh, attach our dinghy if we're going to I mean, shore. I'm calling it Harry's buoy. Harry's Harry, buoy. Yeah, Harry put it there. Harry, it is his buoy. <laughs> yeah. Harry's buoy. Uh, <laughs> Harry is a German yachty who was who who well, he's a local on the island now, but he's gone back to Europe for for the summer. But on board his catamaran Moyo, but he used that. He put that. Uh, Boy there too, because he also also always used this dinghy. Uh, he told us we can use it, and he actually explained to us how to put the back line and the, and the weight. weight in. Yeah. Uh, but he's now in, so we, we actually have sole use of the buoy. Yeah, it's really nice. So the thing is that uh, sometimes the weight gets because there's a lot of rocks from the island in the water, and sometimes the weight gets stuck between the rocks. So a few we, times, we yeah. can normally like pull off if we're on shore. We can pull our front line to the step and jump into the boat, and then the weight will just pull the boat back uh, if we weren't in the boat. But now we can't, we weren't able to even pull the dinghy forward because the, the weight line, was stopping it. The, the weight and the line are stuck, so it's yeah. it's too short to get back to yeah. shore. So uh, we decided, I think that sometime earlier in the week, our dinghy was stuck and we decided, no, we're just going to take the, f oh, it was the day we got our stove. So, back. Yeah. so we needed to go yeah. on the ferry anyway to, because we can't take, I mean, it would be very treacherous to take this stove on our little dinghy. So we were using the ferry and then we decided not to go straight back because we were just not feeling like it. Mm. So we left the dinghy there overnight and then the next day we decided to swim back to shore to have a little bit of an exercise and a bit of a swim. Yeah, that was quite interesting because uh, it's quite a distance. Yeah. I don't know how far it is, like a kilometer? Mm, it might be, yeah. Um, but, so we decided that... Maybe a little bit under, but it's still, yeah. it's quite a long, long swim. So we decided if we weren't, if we got tired that we would just, we would either swim to the dinghy, but it was more likely that we were going to like land 
on what's, then, what's they call the beach the, or the swimming zone, which is yeah. uh, swell, like, it's a bit treacherous. And it's also just like big, large boulders, boulders and pebbles on the beach there. So, and but with anyway, waves uh, rolling over it, yeah. And there are steps beyond that, but we decided we ended up be like be, I want to say beaching because it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> we beached ourselves. It wasn't very graceful <laughs> on either of us. Yeah, and it was quite murky because they've got a stormwater drain that comes down there as well. So there was like a lot of uh, sediment and yeah. like algae in the water. But um, it was a so nice we couldn't swim. see anything, but it was a good swim. And, and uh, we managed to retrieve our dinghy. Yeah, I was quite proud because, like, I still am learning to have like swimming confidence, especially in the ocean. And so, mm. um, I was proud of myself for swimming that far. Um, yeah, and then we retrieved our dinghy. And then last night we went to the fish fry, which we'll talk about as well. And it's like dark, and we try to pull our dinghy back to the shore and to the steps, and the same thing happened. <laughs> and I was still in care. I don't feel like getting in the water. Do yeah. you want to do it? Jimmy said he'd done it before, so now it was my turn. <laughs> so I just got in the water in my dress in the dark, and luckily I didn't have to put Bye. my head under the water, I didn't yeah. have to dive for it, because it was also going to be scary, but I just got in the dinghy and then pulled myself back to above where the weight was, and I was able to dislodge it just by putting on the yeah. line. So that was quite cool as well. <laughs> I felt happy about it afterwards. Like I was a bit like oh, grumpy, because Jimmy was saying he didn't want to do it, but at the same time I was like, I've been wanting to swim, swim at night and just been too scared to do it. And then... You actually got to do it. Yeah, I, was, I don't know, I just feel like like I'm, like, I'm breaking boundaries. Mm. Silly, silly things, but like mm. it just feels good um, to be able to do something silly like that. Uh, okay, so then the fish fry last night was quite a special one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so we've been going to the fish fry every Wednesday since we arrived here. We arrived on Tuesday evening, so the first evening... Because we, we only checked in on Wednesday morning, so the first... Day on the island, we actually went to the fish fry. We actually met uh, Kes, who's the commodore of the yacht club uh, that day, plus uh, his girlfriend and uh, Anima, who I think we mentioned in the do- about the documentary. No, I'm just Anina. Anina, sorry. Yeah. Um, the documentary, uh, Story of Bones. But anyway, so we went to the fish fry that first evening, which was just lovely because it was like really nice weather and a lot of people and really cool vibe uh, and we've been going every week since actually we never miss we haven't missed any of the fish fries we were getting to a point uh, where Kay was like kind of getting over fried fish and like not like well what you were saying like not mm-hmm. feeling as social mm-hmm. but then uh, yesterday was a special one where the proceeds were going to the uh, local football club uh, and which we didn't know there was actually a live band playing there which was really nice we did hear them play before on St. Helena Day, during the day, but there was like so many people around and they were kind of playing music, but most people weren't even paying attention. I think we were one of the only people who were kind of paying attention to the music, but it wasn't the right atmosphere for the kind of music. Um, I think he calls it island music. It's like a, you get a little bit of a reggae feel to it. It's just him on acoustic guitar, other guy on electric guitar, and someone on um, Kajun, like on the... It's a box drum. Box, like, yeah. which you, you play to drum. So yeah. it's just the three of them. Uh, I think he writes a lot of the music himself. So it's, like, cool songs about the island and life on the island. And uh, yesterday evening was, like, just outside on the on the wharf. And we had the most spectacular sunset. Yeah, like behind them. like So they were playing, and you could see the sunset behind them. So it was a beautiful setting, like, really sunny. Because, uh, like, yeah, we, like I said, we had been getting a bit, like, 
worse weather, like very cloudy and rainy. So yesterday was a lovely, lovely weather, like lovely music, just really cool vibe to to um, hang out there. And then yeah, afterwards, okay, I had a little swim to get those back. But, you know, it was was a nice, it was a yeah, nice yeah. outing, eh? Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, I mean, one of the actually things before coming to uh, Saint Helena, before in Cape Town, we for a while did a radio show, and we talked about possibly continuing that while we were sailing but we decided to do this podcast instead but uh, one of the things i wanted to do was like like explore local music so when we were in namibia i like tried to find out what's like when i shazam like when i heard people play music which sounded like local music and just or when i read about it in the newspaper or other places like download some of the local music and for saint Helena, because it's such a small island there's like nothing online there's one blog that's called saint Helena music and the whole idea is like that it would talk about the music scene in St. Helena, except there's nothing posted on it. So um, we were very keen to listen, hear some live bands, and like, no, this was definitely, like, yeah, the music was really cool. I, I, unfortunately, I don't actually know the name of the band. We'll, we'll, we'll have to find out. And I, also, we didn't bring our recorder, otherwise, I would have recorded some, some of, of the music. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, the, actually, the the few bands we've heard play like we like kind of overheard because uh, we haven't really gone to any gigs uh, sound really good like they've got some really talented musicians on the island um, so that was cool yeah, it was yeah. It was, it was really enjoyable. Really nice I actually felt like a I think last night I was just like feeling really really grateful for for being here and mm. for um, I don't know just for the islanders and the way they and are talking like to the people yeah. We ended up talking to a priest, priest, yeah. and uh, the owner of the Muley Art, which is one of the places where there's live music. Yeah, um, anyway, a real cool conversation with them. Mm. Um, briefly, it's, well, we didn't really talk much to well, some of the crew of the big sailboat that arrived mm. this week, last week. Remember the name of the boat? Nyumba? Uh, yeah, which apparently is uh, the Swahili word for home. It's about a uh, 96-foot boat built in Cape Town. Numba, yeah. No, yeah. Numba. Numba, yeah. Uh, uh, Southern Winds 96, I think. It was a massive boat, 96 foot. Our boat is 31, so it's like more than three times the size of our boat. And it's, it's too big to be in the mooring field. So, so they actually anchored, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got a crew of about 10 people. people. Yeah. Well, we did, well, one like, of them I very briefly just exchanged a few words with, but I'd love to hear uh, more like how, well, like about their sailing and what, what they're doing. But the, I, I think they've uh, overheard that they're staying for 11 days. 11 days, so they might still get a chance to um, catch up with them. And otherwise, well. It's a really, I mean, yeah, really massive boat. Like, it's I wouldn't call it a super yacht like the traditional super yachts, but like I guess it is a super yacht mm-hmm. because si- any boat that size is just like beyond like just being a yacht. <laughs> Looks really cool, and it's cool that it's built in Cape Town. So, um, oh yeah, and then the actually the day that they arrived, uh, I was on um, Rupert's Bay, which is the valley on the other side so we've talked about lemon valley which is more to the west west uh like kind of south west 
and then more to the north or to the other sides of uh, Jamestown is Rupert's uh, Valley and Rupert's Bay where there's a bit of a sort of a harbor which is where the uh, container ship uh, moors but it's also where you can hold your boat out which was something we thought of doing until we heard that you have to make your own um, cradle or otherwise they just put your boat against the wall there which sounded like a little bit too scary for us but guess uh, we mentioned the Commodore it was actually on his arrived here from the Netherlands on his sailboat the Spirit 2 was taking his boat out of the water and he asked me uh, if I could help him no, it actually ended up being uh, that that day the uh, ferry boat was had an engine trouble, so he actually radioed me if I could motor uh, bring him to his boat on our ding on, uh, on our dinghy, and I ended up like going with him to haul help well with the haul out, and then the next day to help take the mast off. Take the mast off, which all was pretty scary, but it was on the other hand very cool to see how. You do it how you take a mast off a ship and how you like we've we've had our boats hold out a few times this one two times and the previous boat also a few times so we've seen it done but normally it's like the the professionals put the straps on and everything. do everything yeah. and in this case they they just operate the crane but you do everything else well in this case yeah you've got to make case. sure that your boat's not going to fall basically yeah which yeah. is still very scary so i'm very glad we decided not to do it but it was mm. cool to help case and to see how it happened and yeah we actually actually that um the mega yacht actually arrived on on that day so i could see it go so fast from uh rufus bay which was pretty cool mm. um yeah is that all the things we put well, on our list of things to talk about we were alone for like oh, yeah. I think the last of the boats of the of the big group that we were in, uh, they left on Tuesday. I think uh, Shinami was actually the last one to leave, but we were yeah. on land, so we didn't actually see them off. Yeah, um, but we were, and we were alone for half a day, and we were very excited about it. And then we woke up the next morning. There was a, a new catamaran yeah. um, in the mooring field. So yeah. Yeah. it was the same day that that I think that's. Super yacht arrived, yeah. but they they were on the they were, they were, the, they were actually yeah. on the other side because they had to anchor because they're too big for the mooring field. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's just us and one other boat now, so which is also cool. It's a <laughs> bit of a change. I think when we first arrived here, it was like a bit. I think I would have been a bit scared of being here by ourselves. Now it's like she feels like yeah, actually it's nice to be here by mm. ourselves because yeah. But it also will be nice if one or if other boats arrive to get to know nice other people. people. So it's, yeah. it's not uh, one or the other that's better. Or it's just like we, I guess we're appreciating boats, uh, boat things. And yeah, that's it hey, for this week. Yeah, that's all for today. Um, we will see what we talk about next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we wanted to thank everybody who's listening. Yeah. And uh, if anybody knows how to make bean sprouts, please oh, yeah. send us a message on Ramen and Reach. sprouting any... Um... Yeah, but I'm trying to sprout lentils, so I'd like mm. to... I mean, I could go look it up on the internet, but I'm reluctant to go to Shaw, and it could take forever. So if somebody knows a quick way, you can message us on, on uh, the Garmin Enreach, which is svtropicaldawn at enreach.com. 
No, uh, at inreach.garmin.com. Garmin.com, But you have to yeah. actually go to the inreach site. I'll actually put the link. Uh, in the description. Yeah, in the description. If you, or if you go to svtropicaldawn.blog forward slash contact. Yeah. There you see in our contact details, you see our inreach address. If you click on there, you actually go to the form where you can send us a message to our inreach. And while I'm on that, if anybody has a very cool pizza uh, base recipe, mm. please will you also send it to us. Yeah, because really there's no it. more frozen pizzas on the island as yeah. far as we know. Yeah. So we'll have to make our own pizzas, mm-hmm. which is also quite exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's all for today. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back next week. Thanks so for a new listening. episode on Friday. Uh, subscribe if you haven't yet. Or, or share, yeah. Or share. Uh, or subscribe and share. Yeah, or share in any way you want to. Tell other people about it if you like our podcast. Hope to hear you again. I mean, that you'll listen to us again <laughs> next week. Okay, bye. Bye.